Podcast, and this is Jody, and today I am here with Lynn Rayburn. Uh, Lynn has been a great benefit to me and my wife Gabby, and several other missionaries and church planners I know. Um, he's helped us uh, just prepare to go on the mission field. He's helped us with with different issues once we were on the mission field, and then. Uh, just through transitions and, and through furloughs and through deputation. And so, um, Lynn, uh, how long were you doing the, the ministry specifically for missionaries? How long was that? Well, we were 12 years in Kenya. Um, another year of that was deputation to get there. And then mm-hmm. from 1996 till... 2000, um, actually the end of 2019, uh, mm-hmm. you do the long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, and now you and now you're pastoring at Faith Baptist Church in North Little Rock. And so um, today we're just going to interview you about just advice uh, for those going into ministry, for those in ministry. And and just different questions for missionaries and and church planners and basically anyone in ministry. And so, uh, getting started, we're going to start today with the topic of of those who are getting ready to get into the ministry. Get maybe getting ready to go on a mission field, getting ready to pastor a church or to go uh, plant a church somewhere. Uh, and so, in that training process, what are some helpful tips that you can? Uh, give these guys well I I think you know the question is they're training to go into ministry and Mm -hmm. I I think the first thing that I would say is develop your personal walk with God that is something that I was not taught Um, maybe it was presumed that I would know that but I don't think we spend enough I, I think we focus especially with new converts and with uh, students in seminary, we focus a lot on knowledge, on 52 doctrinal lessons, uh, making theologians out of people. And what we're supposed to be doing is making disciples, teaching people how to walk with Jesus every day. And so if, if you're in seminary, uh, you need to finish seminary. But as a part of that, you need to develop your personal walk with God, have a quiet time every day, a time when you're not studying the Bible. That even goes for pastors, for missionaries. The the typical pastor, the typical missionary does not read his Bible except for sermon and lesson preparation. And we need, we need the Word of God and spending time in the Word just to meet with God on a personal basis. Wherever you are in ministry, you need that, and it's best to develop it as you are preparing for ministry. If if you're preparing for ministry, I would say read, not just the Bible, but read books. 
Um, a person who reads will never be uneducated. So read. I know some people mm -hmm. struggle with that, and that's, uh, you know, audiobooks are a blessing. But prepare yourself by reading widely different subjects from different authors. And so read. Um, if you're starting a, a new church plant in the United States, there are organizations that will have a reading list to help you read what other church planters have done. Um, attend all the training that you can. I think it goes without saying that I would recommend uh, World Mission Seminar and, and MTM. I've been a part of, and of both. And that training um, is without price. There is no way to, to evaluate what that's worth. So get all the training that you can. And then without going on and on and on, uh, find true north. What is your calling? What is your purpose in life? What specifically is it that God wants you to do? Now, if you're a new preacher, you're in seminary, you probably don't know yet. But one way to find out is to, and, and this goes with the training, Jody, don't just read the books and go to classes. Find a good church where you can mm -hmm. serve and learn and be an intern. But wherever you are in your ministry, you keep refining God's calling in your life, refining your purpose. You don't have to create it. You have to discover it. And the longer you're in ministry, the more you have the opportunity to refine that and define it more clearly. Find true north. What is your calling? What is God's purpose in your life? What is it specifically that he wants you to do? Yeah, that's really good. I, I just echoing the, the idea of during seminary, developing that relationship with God, those spiritual disciplines. Um, it, it doesn't seem to matter the size of the seminary. It seems to be a reoccurring, uh, reoccurring thing when guys get out of seminary, they, they finish seminary, but they seem to be spiritually depleted. Um, and that's because they haven't developed those spiritual habits. They haven't spent that quiet time with God and developed that. They were just replacing that time with, with studies because they were studying biblical things. And so, yeah, that's, that's really, really good information. Thanks, Lynn, on that. Um, so this, we're going to kind of switch, switch gears a little bit. So, uh, you know, missionaries that have gone through seminary have gone to M MTM, which I've benefited from personally and, and see a lot of value in that. Um, and, and they've gone through that equipping process and now they're on deputation or they've been on the field and uh, they're just trying to build support. They don't have adequate support, uh, financial support. What are some helpful tips that you can give them? Okay, so if it's a new missionary and they're doing their initial deputation, um, I think one of the things that's very important is don't, don't announce your calling too soon. Um, I've seen missionaries who announced two or three years before they're going to be ready to go to the field that they're going and they do 
deputation to raise support, but people do not support them because their going to the field is two or three years away. And I've, I've likened that to when you sell a house, when you make that first, that initial offering of your house for sale is when there is the most interest. The same thing is true. I, I hate to commercialize the missionary mm -hmm. ministry, but your initial announcement that you're going to Timbuktu, um, Northern Africa for those who don't, anyway, um, <laughs> that, that you're going somewhere, especially if it's someplace exciting, or whether it's exciting, exciting or not, your initial announcement is the time that there will, will draw the most interest. And you need to take full advantage of that. Hold your deputation until within 18 months to two years of the time you're going to the field. People who have done that have in fact raised their support in a year or less. Average time of deputation is about 18 months. But, and, and you can start that deputation while you're still working a job uh, of course, unless you're currently pastoring. But so you can do part-time deputation in the beginning until you have just enough support to go full-time. Or if you've got a sending church that's capable of supporting you heavily, you can do full-time deputation from the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. The key to both new missionaries and missionaries who are home on furlough, or even if you're still on the field and your support is lacking, is communication. You need, as a new missionary, you need to major on communication. Get the news out there. It may seem like promoting yourself. And a lot of guys have said, well, I hate the idea of going out and begging for money. My reply has always been, if that's what you're going to do, then don't do it. Well, mm -hmm. I've got a couple so what do I do? You understand that what you're promoting is God's work. I mean, if he's called you, then you're asking people to partner with you in God's work. And I have no problem promoting God's work. It, it, if it happens to be the work that he's going to use me to do, I need partners with me in God's work and share that widely. Make as many contacts as you can. Use all of your network, your friends, your former classmates, and work deputation. Deputation is hard work. It's also discouraging, but it can be it can be a lot of fun. It can be exciting as you begin to see people support you that you never dreamed would. Um, the people you think will support you might not. I started to say probably not, but then God mm -hmm. will give you friends and contacts and partners just out of the blue, people you would never have expected to support you, but it depends on communication. If, if you're coming home on furlough, um, you know, you need to get someone in missionary training and missionary counseling to do a debriefing with you of your time on the field. You need to take some time to rest but you need to make good use of your time at home during furlough. One of the most common myths that I dealt with in over 20 years of missionary ministry training um, 
is the idea that when I go home on furlough, I have to visit all the churches that currently support me. Most of those churches would be glad to see you, probably all of them, but Mm -hmm. not all of them expect you to come. Um, In fact, you you can come home too often. People begin to think, why is he back from the field? We want to see our missionary on the field. And so I've recommended to a lot of missionaries send a letter and say, I, we're coming home. We need to spend time with our family. We need to rest from the field. And I'm not going to be able to visit all the churches. I need to visit new churches and gain new support. Most of your churches would say, ah, oh, we were hoping to see you, but we understand. And don't worry, your support is secure with us. Go out and raise new support. But communication. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, our mission committee here at Faith North Little Rock has for years it met monthly to look at the mission reports and to see who has a request that we feel a burden for that we, we can send an offering. If you don't communicate that in your monthly reports, in your letters, and your conversations, we don't know, and we don't know how to help you. That's good, Lynn. Yeah, I like I like that. Just being honest with with those needs, with the need for support. I was just at a church this past week, and and they were surprised that I shared my need with them, uh, like like it was something that wasn't usual. And uh, again, it's it's the need for clear communication. How can a church know how to help with needs if they don't know what the real needs are? Um, so thanks for for that advice. Um, so. Yeah, deputation and, and when you're lacking support, that can be a difficult time. And uh, But that's not the only difficult time, obviously, that uh, missionaries and, and church planners and, and pastors go through. Um, sometimes they go through personal issues, like, like when I was dealing with depression on the field and didn't even notice it was depression until you pointed it out to me, Lynn, and guided me through that. Um, but there's, there's other issues going on in families. Uh, uh, for pastors and missionaries. And so what are, what are some helpful tips that you can give those guys who are going through difficult times personally uh, and just struggling from like from day to day? So I appreciate you, your positive feedback on the time that you and I spent together. And you know that I've done that with, with a lot of guys um, and with mm-hmm. couples. And I, I think that may have, Maybe the thing that I was going to say last, but let's just go ahead and put it first. Understand that there's help out there. There are people who are specifically trained and called to help you, whether you're going through um, de- clinical depression, whether you're you're just in simple depression, uh, if you're having marital issues. For one thing, before you go to the field, before you enter ministry, make sure that you have a good family life, work on and focus on your marriage. Um, Too many couples today focus on the children and the thing that your children need more than anything else is to know that mom and dad are okay and that that mom and dad have a good relationship. Work on your marriage before you go to a foreign field, especially, you know, someplace like Wisconsin or Seattle some foreign field. Um, 
That is, of course, tongue-in-cheek. But because <laughs> the mission field is the mission field is a pressure cooker, it will not improve your marriage unless you're already working on your marriage. The stress of cross-cultural ministry of an of a new language, of all the things you have to learn on a foreign field, the even the cultural adaptation, going from a warm climate culture inside the United States to a cold climate culture inside the United States, that's a pressure cooker. And you need to work on your marriage before you go. Um, ask for help. Uh, Jody and Gabby, you guys are have a good ministry uh, and are getting better training than I received. Um, now, I'm grateful for the training that, that Brenda and I went through, the courses that we took. Uh, I learned an awful lot. Um, part of that training was going to seminars, um, mm-hmm. seminars at the American Association of Christian Counselors, getting to sit under authors like H. Norman Wright. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just one of a dozen I could name. But there are people who are trained to help you you just have to admit you have a problem. That's the most difficult thing of all, is to admit mm-hmm. I'm in difficulty and I need help. There are books that you can read that will strengthen your marriage if you'll pay attention to them. I especially, Jody, like the books by Shanti Feldman, um, mm-hmm. The Secrets of Highly Successful Marriages, uh, for men only, for women only. Um, the She has a book called the kindness challenge that is fantastic for marriages where there is disagreement and bickering those books can be helpful even if you're not willing to seek a counselor and you also need downtime one of the problems and years ago i did a conference with this theme um, because of problems in the parsonage. And the issue is that the husband is having an affair. And so the wife has an affair. The affair that the husband has is with his work. He can't take off work. He can never take a vacation. He's he's totally 100% in ministry and has no time for his wife, no time for his children, no time for his own rest and recreation Um, and so he's having an affair and the wife responds by having an affair and she has an affair with the children the children become her entire life and she no longer has time for her husband who abandoned her so he's having an affair with the work she's having an affair with the children and the marriage is going to pop just realize the cause of that. Take some time off. Take some time off together. Spend time with your family. Spend time with the kids. There is one other thing, then I'll hush. You need friends. Mm. You need, you know, I hate to say this, but I was taught in seminary that preachers cannot have friends. And we all need friends. If you're gonna have friends, you have to be a friend. Well, find somebody who needs a friend, and you be that friend, and make friends. 
<laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, 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 I think all of those are really great bits of advice. Um, one of the things that uh, that was difficult for me before I approached you for counsel is I thought I could solve everything on my own, just just praying through it and and, and God showing me uh, what to to work on and me trying to to work on it. And I kind of went through that off and on for a while. Um, and it was just, it was just something where I needed an outside help and an outside perspective. And that's biblical to get that. And so uh, for me, it was, it was such a, 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 a buildup for me to not just admit I had a problem, but admit it to someone else. I could admit it to God. I could admit it to myself, but to admit to someone else, that I had a problem with was very difficult for me. And so what I want to say to anyone out there that's, that has a similar thought process, they don't want to tell someone else they have an issue that they're trying to work through is that um, don't worry about that. Like it's not going to, I feel like Lynn, I can, I can talk to you about anything. I don't feel like me talking about whatever I was going through with depression really changed my ability to talk with you about other things and 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 that's on you too i mean that's you you made it that way and so um yeah so again i just want to echo don't if you're if you're in a if you're in a difficult place you're trying to work something out on your own don't hesitate to reach out it's it's worth reaching out one of the Um, things i would mm -hmm. say about that jody i'm sorry to interrupt you um it was that way it, no, it, it, it was that way because I made a commitment when I began the counseling ministry. I thought I was entering a training ministry, and I found out very quickly if I was going to do missionary training, I was going to have to do um, missionary counseling. Robert um, was my mentor. Robert Francis was my pastor, mm-hmm. and he was my mentor in counseling, and you know, in talking about things, uh, he let me know that I needed better training than, than I got in seminary. Um, I'm a little more eclectic training at that. And so that's how I got involved with American Association of Christian Counselors. Now, there are other groups out there that, that do training. But my commitment, and I made it a public commitment, when I talked about what I was going to do, I said, I, I will keep what you say to me confidential. I will not report it to your supporters. I will not be reporting it to your sending church. Um, of course, there's some caveats to that. And as, as a trained counselor, you know the disclaimer. If you tell me you know, that you've uh, molested a child, I will turn you in. Mm-hmm. We have that list we have to go through. But I feel no obligation, yeah. felt no obligation with you to contact your um, sending church and say you need to pull your missionary off the field because this is going on. That mm-hmm. confidentiality and having that confidence um, in the counselor is absolutely crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just we walk through someone before we counsel them about uh, kind of disclaimers what what we keep confidential, what what we can't keep confidential. 
Um, and I don't know if that's helpful, but we do, <laughs> we do that. And, um, yeah, so I, it is, it is confidential and people need to remember that, um, yep. you know, but it, but that's about, that's as far as it goes. And so, um, yeah, that's, I, I do think about that. I was just telling someone about that the other day about if I wouldn't have reached out from, for counseling at that, at that time. I don't know how much longer I would have really been able to stick through ministry with my family. I don't know. That might have all torn apart. I mean, it was it was tearing apart slowly. And that's I think that's what kind of escalated the need to reach out is I didn't know how much longer that could go on. And um, and, and so, yeah, before abandoning a ministry or, or trying something else or, or leaving the ministry permanently, it's it's better just to reach out for for counsel and so yeah that speaking speaking of that yeah of just being at a, at a really hard place at ministry whether whether it's just you're not seeing a lot of fruit that you would like to see or or, or whether it's a, it's a conflict with uh with a with a teammate or or a staff member or whether it's just something personal and you, you begin to doubt yourself if you are actually ever called and are, are questioning the idea of even remaining in the ministry, um, what, what are some helpful tips that you can give uh, guys in, in these situations or when they're in these situations? Well, I, I hate to be a broken record, but um, focus again on your quiet time. Make sure you're spending adequate time with God and that you're hearing from Him. Um, that, again, our our staff philosophy here is something that, that I came, because I went through burnout. Jody, you know that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I guess most people do not, but I went through burnout and the Lord sent a, a medical doctor to save my life. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things that I began to focus on and, and I did that more and more as the years went along is my time with God and a walk with God. And in 2007, I began a reading program that is just a little bit insane. I will confess that I'm addicted to the Bible and <laughs> I need to hear from God. And I'll tell you, if, if you're in ministry and you're not getting filled up every morning, with your time with God, you're gonna end up running on empty. Our, our philosophy is we minister out of the overflow. You, you spend time with God, you get filled up with Him, and then all day long, He is sufficient. You don't, otherwise you find yourself ministering in the flesh rather than in the spirit. The, the other thing that I said about having friends, you, you need friends where you can take the mask off and you can be real. Now you don't want to just gripe all the time to them and, and dump on them all the time, but you do need someone that you can be real with. That's also the reason for having a, a counselor that, that you trust, that you can share what you're really feeling, what you're struggling with, and um, somebody who can give you direction, someone with the training, with the wisdom, with the word, who can give you encouragement, give you steps to take, who can meet with you on a regular basis to just help you along. Um, the, 
The other thing is learn how to deal with difficult people. Um, I don't know if I've heard a lot of talk about that, but that's something that you know, Jody, that in the mentoring that I took you and Gabby through, um, there's a there's a lot of talk about how to handle criticism, how to hang, handle angry people. Um, yeah. And I added a lot of my, a lot of illustrations and, and the things that I had read, my my training and counseling, I added all of that into the material we were going through. And in fact, this may sound like an advertisement. Uh, I don't mean for it to be that, but the next series, not, I'm, yeah. working on, I'm working on Joseph right now, Life Lessons from Joseph. I, I love mm -hmm. that story in the Old Testament. Uh, mm -hmm. The next series, and it's going to start in July, the Sunday after the 4th of July, is how to deal with difficult people. The first mm -hmm. week will be how to handle criticism. The second week will be how to handle how to handle opposition. The third week is how to handle angry people. And then the fourth mm -hmm. week, the final in the series, is how to deal with toxic people. Wow. I think we I'm, probably I'm, have not had enough training yeah. in how to deal with yeah. difficult people, but the Bible is replete with instructions mm -hmm. on how to do that. And so mm -hmm. it'll be, it's not going to be a counseling lesson. It's going to be a series of sermons um, mm -hmm. on how to deal with difficult people. One thing I need to throw in, um, and I mm -hmm. wrote this down. I did, most of this has been off the top of my head. It's not from notes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just from, from all the counseling I've done over 20 years. But here's mm -hmm. one that I came up with in my very first pastorate near about 100 years ago. Um, that is, if there is a problem, make sure you're not it. Hmm. Because sometimes we create our own problems. And there are some people who, if there's not a problem, because they think there's always got to be one, they'll make a problem. There are actually mm -hmm. people, and some of them preach the gospel. There are people who are happiest if there's a fight going on. And so if you're in the middle of a fight, make sure you're not the problem. And yeah. if you are, confess um, and don't make problems when there are not problems. And by the way, not every problem that you face has to be dealt with right now. Some of them ignored will go away. Yeah. Some of them will solve themselves. Yeah, that's that's good. There probably could be a whole another discussion about figuring <laughs> out what problems <laughs> will will just eventually go away which ones we need to to address. But um, yeah, that's that's really good, and I I can see as you're speaking a lot of that stuff just true in in in, in our experiences and in our lives. And so, um, any anyone out there who's who's going through a hard place, uh, you you mentioned it again and again and again. Check your quiet time, and then at the very end, mentioning uh, just checking yourself, making sure you're not the problem. And uh, that's that whole getting the log out of your own eye. Um, that that sometimes we we're easy to to find the difficult or the problems in others, but we don't see the problem in ourselves. Um, which is super critical to do. 
and conflict and then avoiding uh or sorry dealing with the difficult people i'm gonna listen listen into that sermon series i'm, I'm excited i'm excited about it thanks for for sharing it it uh sharing it i'm i i agree and actually this past week i had a, a young pastor reach out for uh, a discussion topic about a discussion topic in our in a weekly zoom like we had some other ministers and he wanted to to deal with this very issue about how to deal with some some difficult people who are who are just stuck in their ways and oppositional and so um yeah one of the messages you said is going to address this so uh there is, the need is out there and you're right the, the training is is lack uh, there's a lack of training and um and i know personally in churches that, that I, i've experienced and seen that pastors that have had one or two oppositional men in the church uh, will just leave the church pastor after pastor after pastor instead of you know handle this oppositional person to just give up uh, in the opposition and so that's not really the answer either because someone's going to have to eventually deal with it uh, you just ask Somebody's going to have to eventually tell him it's easier for you to move your membership than it is for me to move my furniture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That so, was hey, I, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is one of the the, the, the things that give people in hard places in ministry. They just come across a difficult person and they don't know how to deal with it and. Yeah. And, it, and it and they leave uh, because of it. Uh, so that's that's a real situation. And so, yeah, I think this has all been really good, practical, biblical advice. Um, thanks again for for letting me interview you. Um, I'm excited that that you let me interview you, and I'm excited about people listening into this podcast and and hearing this and uh, this reflecting on it. And so, uh, this is one of the things that I, that I recommend to people. This podcast and the and the Zoom that I do. Uh, to uh, have people pouring into them, you know, because part of that that development, you mentioned reading books, um, reading the Bible, all those things, and additionally, just uh, having others pour into you too. Um, so yeah, Thank thanks again, Lynn. Thank you. And this has been the uh, Hard Way Podcast, where we help with issues at the source.